We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. schedule has been released and I don't know if this is going to shock you Aaron but the Warriors are going to play 82 games next year uh, that yes well let's hope it's more than that but <laughs> yes that's 82 regular season there you go good, yeah good call good call out um so you know we, we got the slow release we knew about Christmas um against Memphis over the weekend shout out Chams, and then we knew about opening night against the Lakers but now we got the full the full schedule, and I guess my question for you is, do you have any initial opening takes on it? Is there anything that jumps out to you when you look at the schedule? Yeah, two things. Um, one, that uh, the the season opens a little soft. I don't know if we're going to uh, if we're, if we're going to have any pushback on Andy saying that they should start nine and one again because uh, this the schedule looks you know fairly soft early and. My overall take, and you and I have talked about this and I've talked about it on other shows, is that there is no one that pushes viewership um, like Steph and, and LeBron. Um, the Warriors and Steph, have, if you include NBA TV, have 41. So fully half of their, uh, their games are going to be on national TV. And it is still a league about those two. That's why the Lakers and Warriors are going to play on Warriors ring night. They opened the season last year here in LA. So it is just a testament to the star power of those two guys, but especially Steph in this case, because the Warriors are once again, the maybe not the most popular team in the NBA, but the, the NBA is telling you they are who drive ratings and that's who everybody wants to watch the most. Yeah. Um, you and, and that was to be expected that they were going to get the most national TV games and and all that stuff. That's been kind of the case since Steph's first big time year. They've been top two or three in um, TV dates every year, and when they're legitimately good, they're usually first. So it, it's not surprising. Um, you know, we're going to get like what thirty games where it's like, do I want to listen to Van Gundy and Jackson or do I want to listen to Fitz? And Coletta, you know, 
uh, we're lucky, blessed. These are options very few people get in life. <laughs> um, you and Andy the other day talking about Fitz doing Niners games and doing uh, the Olympics. Yes. Hey, Fitz, Fitz is, Fitz is the man. Um, but actually that's interesting. You said you think the beginning of the season is soft for them. I'm looking at right now. You are probably correct. Like their first month, Lakers, Nuggets, Kings, Suns, Miami, Charlotte, Denver, less than half of those games are against teams who made the playoffs last year. So by definition, that's soft. It is interesting, though. They go on a weird kind of long East Coast road trip in week two of the season. Typically, they haven't done that. In previous years, they haven't really gone out East until, let's say, December 1st or so. Usually that first month is very West Coast heavy. And, you know, they, they got that road trip in week two starting Halloween weekend. By the way, I don't think I've seen Charlotte to Detroit to Miami back to back to back. Like that's it's just weird order, weird quirk of the schedule. Go up, down, up, down. Um, but it goes Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Orlando, New Orleans. Usually you don't get a road trip where they go, you know, three time zones over that early in the season. Do you think it even matters? Yeah, yes, I do. Um, sometimes those longer road trips can be, and I, I think Tim Roy uh, tweeted out this about there were how the Warriors had a few extended um, road trips. Um, I think it was maybe two five gamers and one six or something like that. But anyway, um, they can be a good thing, especially earlier in the season. Sometimes the the guys can you know come together and bond and gel over that. Um, but I also think it's really interesting. You mentioned, you know, there's a few little marquee games early, but it's generally like kind of a softer schedule. And I think that's purposeful. The NBA with, well, we keep talking about them, but with the Warriors and with the Lakers, with the, the most marquee teams. You can, um, throw the, you can throw the Celtics in there. The Celtics, I, yeah, and the I'm Nets, not, gonna, not necessarily this mm-hmm. year, but previously. They will, they will backload their schedules because they want the big TV dates after the NFL season is over. Right. Um, so they'll do Christmas. They'll do, you know, the beginning little week. And then there's this really, weird that, really rivalry February. week. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little later. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, you, you are correct. They've traditionally tried to backload the better, the bigger, more marquee matchups to February and March uh, because there's no NFL to compete with. Um, the, the second call out I want to make is the Warriors have 14 back-to-backs this year. Last year, they had 15. That number keeps going down. It is on the higher side for the league, though. They they have more back-to-backs than average teams. In general, that's always going to be the case with West Coast teams because more teams, more teams are out east. They're just the, – the look at the map. I want to say 20 teams play in the central or eastern time zone. There's just a there's a geography issue that works that doesn't work out where Pacific time zone teams sometimes get stuck with extra back to backs is the only way to make the schedule work. They also end up with more miles flown. It just is what it is. Yes, not not a Portland Trailblazers miles, but yes, sure. Uh, yeah, Portland's traditionally been the worst with it, but it's like you you could it applies to LA too. Any team that's on. Any team that the city borders the Pacific Ocean tends to uh, tends to get like the worst half of this, the league's schedules in terms of miles and back. Yeah, so I did see. I think I saw earlier today that 
uh, 13.3 uh, back-to-backs was average. So you mentioned the Warriors at 14, which is a little bit um, above average. I believe a few teams had 15, which was the highest. Um, and there was also, I think it was 55 baseball series where you know a team could play a couple games in a row without having to travel i think the number was 55 up from 32 or 33 last year so do you know if those is this is just a silly yeah. random aside does that count like you're in la and you play the lakers and the clippers it does or is or okay so so it's like you go to la friday you got the lakers sunday you got the clippers yes and okay. i think i saw there's 14 of those uh back-to-backs lakers and clippers and it's I think the Clippers have four of the second game and the Lakers have 10 of the second game, which is a little bit of an advantage. But it also, Brooklyn and, and the Knicks uh, count. Oh, and it also even counts. There are some instances, I don't remember who it was, but there's somebody who plays at the Spurs two games in a row so they don't have to leave. So it counts all of those, yes. The chat, Holden is calling this out, but of the 14 back-to-backs, four in December, uh, which is the most the Warriors have in any month. Um, in general... December's always been kind of the biggest grind month for the Warriors. Um, if you look at their schedules over, really, I can only go back a decade on this of of, I've, of time I've studied it. December and January always ends up having a few more games in the other months. And the Warriors just end up on longer road trips in those months traditionally. It's just kind of like December is always when they end up doing – their first long East Coast trip. This year, they have their longest East Coast trip in December, six games with two back-to-backs, starting with Milwaukee and Indy and ending with a baseball series, the Knicks and the Nets in back-to-back nights. But overall, in that month, they have they have four back-to-backs and 16 total games in the month. You know, Joey, oh. Joey, Joey Lightning years needs to get his, his Van Halen, Huey Lewis in the news and the ice. Oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's Christmas season. Yeah. yeah. The, the Nutcracker's got to get to all that. Yeah. We yeah. need all that. <laughs> it's going to end up, that's going to end up being that. like, it's going to be like the Joey Lightyear's uh, concert series is going to end up being like, you know, the rodeo road trip for the, for the Spurs. Or... You, know what's, you know, what's interesting is they really have not got a lot of concerts in chase and, a lot of it, I imagine, is out of their control with COVID, even though we're kind of past um, a lot of those capacity restrictions and everything. Like, I don't see a bunch of music festivals or bands doing arena tours, like even now, Now, you know, like it's it was much more of a thing before COVID. So, I, you know, I, I haven't seen too many dates in there, but I'm sure if someone's going on tour, they'll get them. Yes. Oh, it's got to, yeah. That's how you pay for Draymond's extension, right? Draymond, Pool, we all of them, all of them. We we need to. We're, we're paying for that extension with Metallica, San Francisco Symphony <laughs> joint concerts. Just eighty. Wait, of is them that a, a real year. thing? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know about the. Wait the, a second. The, no, there's a Metallica and the San Francisco Symphony joint show. They're doing wait. Let's that see. was the first I know, like, show they songs. did in Chase. Yeah. Oh, that, it's, that it's, opened it's, it. It's it's a twenty. They've done it multiple times. It's pretty cool. I'll actually send it to you. I'm not like a All huge right. Metallica right. guy. Well, aren't they? Aren't they from San Francisco or the lead guys from San Francisco or something? Yes, oh, okay. Marin, I believe. Oh, right. But um, actually, San Francisco, right? Uh, but anyway, okay. Um, I learned something. There we go. You know, come here for schedule. Get Metallica knowledge. Um, anything else jump out at you out the schedule here? Not really. I just think it's like, 
I thought it was weird. Well, yeah, something did jump out at me. I thought it was weird how, okay, obviously um, the schedule, well, not obviously, but the schedule, if people don't know, the schedule usually comes out around the 10th or 12th of August and teams will get a week or 10 days before that. Uh, they'll get kind of a rough draft, which is usually like 90 or 95% accurate. Um, and then the teams can send like thoughts, revisions, complaints or whatever back to the league. Sometimes they adjust things, sometimes they don't. Um, but I thought it was really strange that it was late this year and like there were drafts kind of floating around and the people that had these drafts were just kind of trickling them out game by game. It was all very, like the whole process of it was very bizarre. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that think that it has something to do with you know, Brooklyn's team possibly looking different, maybe Utah, maybe the Knicks. Um, and so waiting to, you know, schedule all those marquee games. But I thought the whole like release of it this year was, was pretty strange. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, I'm a little out on the newsbreakers. going to be honest with you. I'm out on Woj. I'm out on champs. I'm out on the news breaking industry. Like I don't need you to break to me who the magic are playing December 12th. Like, can you just let them release the sketch? Some things don't, you don't need to always be first for. So it's, it's a little weird that we get these like trickles instead of like, this is one of those things I think would just be better if the schedule came out and we all got to react to it. Um, Yeah. Well, they, and they, well, here's the other thing. They, they have to make it kind of like the all-star draft. They have to make like a made for TV event for it. So ESPN can, you know, do, can, trickle it i mean can do it on the on whatever it's called the not the jump anymore whatever that show is called nba um, today yes 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 there you go uh, you're not you're not in for for paolo and and uh dejounte murray their their first uh their first face off you're not in for that oh i'm in i'm I, I threw this out on on the old twitter but i'm i'm buying hawk stock this year i'm in on the hawks i am in on the hawks i think trey will play more off ball I like what DeJounte brings there. Um, I think getting embarrassed last year after they had a quote-unquote playoff breakthrough is exactly what a young team like that needs to kind of – they're going to go one of two ways. They're either going to respond to last year and do all the right things and build off of it and realize they can't just like roll the ball out there, or they're going to implode. And I'm betting on them doing the right thing. That's where I'm at with the Hawks. I uh, I, I I don't like the uh, them giving away Herder for for salary or dumping him for salary reasons. But other than that, yes, I'm intrigued by them. If if nothing else, I you know they're on my list of teams I want to see because getting a player who's best with the ball in his hands to play next to Trey and Trey talking about how he wanted that so he could play more like Steph. Um. It's at minimum, I want to see it because I'm not sure I fully believe it. You know, you know what I'm saying? There ain't but one Steph. You see, but you see the vision conceptually, right? Like I'm, I'm not selling you a bill of goods here. Like now, do I think Trey will do it? I don't know. I'm curious, you know, but like if nothing else, they are going to be an intriguing league. You know why? Well, look, is Trey capable of it? Not to the level Steph is, but will he do it? I need to see it. And the reason I need to see it is because it is widely believed around the NBA that Trey very specifically assist hunts. 
and yeah. wants his assist numbers and doesn't that's like passing the ball unless he's going to – That's why I'm curious. He, he's, so will he's, he? the, he's the epitome of loves to dribble in circles, and then the possession ends with him either shooting it or passing for an assist opportunity. Correct. Every time. And But it's also widely reported he's the one who was pushing for DeJounte because he wanted to get off ball more. He wanted uh, – he didn't want to be in that kind of structure. And – I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious if I'm curious if it's one of those things you say, but then when you get on the court, you just go back to doing Correct. what you've been known to, like doing your five. Your muscle, yeah, your muscle memory. Yeah, when, yeah. Your, when, your when, the, when the live ammunition starts flowing, you go back to what you're used to. Yes. Yeah, or if he'll actually evolve, because if he does evolve, that's a very dangerous team. I, he's he's got the he's got the talent to do it. I just don't know if he's got the. I just don't know if he will do it. I don't know if he's got the mental ability to do some of the things that Steph does. So anyway, I'm curious. That's, that's enough Hawks talk for today. First Warriors Hawks game is January 2nd. Mark your calendars, guys. Well, actually, no, that is that. I think that is a thing because Steph likes to make a point against those guys that are seen as errors, appearance, the next guys, right? Trey and, and Dame, like Steph likes to make a point against those guys. Um, jaw. So yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that is a, a meaningful game for the Warriors because it's Steph, you know, getting to one up somebody who people think the guy who's the next supposedly him. next. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you. I think if nothing else, they'll at least be intriguing. Cause I'm curious if it works or if it doesn't. Um, okay. We got to talk about it now. It's been brought up a few times. Rivalry week. Yeah. I, this is not college football. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if I'm more bothered by the NBA being corny, trying to um, just make a thing for no reason, or that they threw the Warriors and Raptors on it. What rivalry? Yeah, I don't like. They played an NBA final once. Warrior fans will view it as, you know, snake bit injury series. Raptors fans view it as the greatest moment in their franchise's history. Both of those things can be true. There was no actual bad blood or blood or contention between those teams. Like, do you remember Warriors fans being like, man, I hate Kyle no. Lowry? No. I, oh, and like vice versa. I don't remember Raptors fans being like, I can't No, I think the one hurt. point of contention was, if I remember correctly, KD got some grief uh, when he tore his Achilles. I think the, uh, the, the Raptors fans were a little too excited about that for my taste. So I kind of remember that. But no, there's no rivalry there. Look, if, like, if I the, listed teams that the Warriors have a rivalry with, does Toronto make your top does ten? No, it does not. Like I'm just trying to do it off the top of my head. Okay, Memphis, whatever you think of them, there's a little rivalry. Yep. Lakers because of LeBron. Yep. Suns with CP3. Yeah. Wherever um, James Harden, so Philly, just Harden is kind of a most of the rivals I mean, are individual still, players. To the, be honest, the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. Still, still the Rockets, even though James isn't there anymore. Houston fans still have a. Still Houston, not fans like the hate, Warriors. Houston fans hate the Warriors. Correct. Um, uh, that brings me to Brooklyn. If those guys are still on, whatever team those guys are on. Yeah, I mean, you could even say, I mean, you could, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Even though I find the current Cleveland team very likable, it's like, like young teams on the come up. Are James is correct. The Blazers. Because everybody that the Warriors punked for however many years, I don't. They're still bad blood. They're still bad blood with the Clippers. I can't. 
I can't acknowledge the Blazers as a rival. Get, calling them a rival would mean they ever did anything once. Like they they have never won a playoff game with Steph Curry on the court. I think I ever. think they've played. I think Miles Leonard had like played thirty in the first half eight, of a game against the Warriors in the playoffs. They've played four or five playoff series. Zero. Do you know how hard that is to do? Do you know how hard it is to play a team like four times? in a best of seven and not get one. Uh, yeah, that's, um, yes, that is, that is challenging. You would, you would think, you would think they'd run into one just by shooting hot once, but no, not at all. Like I, you know, I did, I did enjoy Portland. I was in, I was in Portland for this one when it was, I want to say the Warriors were up like 26 to two at one point in the first quarter. It yeah. Was, it was, it was enjoyable, but I think, I think it's a. It, this is a silly. But you're, you are, you are, you are right though. Like, there's at least one side hates. It. Like, I know, I know the Warrior fans don't hate Toronto, and I don't think the Raptor fans hate the Warriors in any capacity. Right. At least, at least with Portland, they get really annoyed with the Warriors. So I think, I think this is like this is dumb conceptually because the league is telling you what who the rivals are by the, the teams that they have play each other in the opening games, on the Christmas games, right? They're, they, they are telling you, right? They're, they're uh, the, the Lakers and, and Dallas because Luka and LeBron or Dallas and Phoenix because of last year uh, in, the, in the playoffs. You know, the Warriors and Memphis, whatever you think of that. You, you were, we were talking about the Hawks. The Hawks and the Knicks from two years ago after that playoff series. The league is telling you who the rivalries are based on the marquee TV games that they have set up. So this like artificial week of manufactured rivalries is kind of strange to me. Yeah, it's like it's another one of those doing too much, just figure out a way to make the product better. NBA, like that's my general answer. It's like we don't need a branded week. We need the refs to not call fouls on every other play because someone flopped their arms in the air. Like focus on the things that make the product better. We don't need a fake. Yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked when we were on playback the other night watching the the replay of Game Four. Just the amount of flopping. I mean, Marcus Smart is a flopper, but the sheer amount of flopping uh, from the Celtics was ghastly. Amazing. Um, another schedule callout uh, that we haven't gotten to that I meant to get to earlier. January thirteenth, Warriors Spurs. Um, the match of everyone's looking for: Looney versus Jacob Huddle. The we'll two greatest offensive rebounders in the history of planet Earth. I mean, it really is. It, it's shades of, you know, when Ewing and Hakeem went at each other in the 90s. You know, you and I are childs of that era. So that's really, you know, it rem- I'm just glad the kids today get to see what we get to see. This is just um, Wil- Wilton, Bill Russell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, they're playing that game in the Alamo Dome. And... Just for record, the rec the the NBA record for attendance was in the Alamo Dome. The Alamo Dome's a football stadium. They got sixty two thousand four hundred and six. Shout out friend of the show Anthony Slater for that number. Do the Warriors top that on January thirteenth? Oh, oh. Um, this no, seems like no, one of those. I just no. want to be clear. This seems like one of those kind of gimmick. The Spurs are in a rebuild. They're finally. Yeah admitting they're in a rebuild. They're in the tank for Wembenyana. Honestly, there's like a few players in this draft, but the, the French guy, Wembenyana, is clearly the uh, the one, the, the the prize one. They're they're tanking a little bit. 
not a bad idea, you know, fill the Alamo Dome for when one of the marquee team comes in. But can they actually get over 62,500 people in there? No. And uh, the reason why, I do think the Warriors will probably be the biggest draw, um, you know, road draw in the NBA. Um, but no, because it's going to be late enough in the season that the Spurs, all the like whatever little hope that the Spurs might have with a three we'll be start to the season. 30, no, thirty-five games into the season, yeah. and they will probably, be seven. They'll be seven and twenty-eight. So no, yeah, I was, I'm giving Pop a little more credit. They'll be like twelve and twenty-three. He's he's not he's not really capable of tanking. He's going to have them win against teams who don't try and get to like twenty-eight wins for no reason. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> your overall your overall point stands. Um, the record won't be good. When you get to no, and season. and and by the way, I mean <laughs> I haven't I haven't been to a game at the Alamo Dome, but I've been to several games in San Antonio, and it is not a place. You know, Warriors fans have always taken pride, and rightfully so, for you know when when Oracle when the Warriors were terrible or when it wasn't even Oracle, before it was Oracle, and it was the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena, like, Warriors fans packed the place. Uh, Utah, they're still packed the place. OKC, San Antonio is not like that. If the Spurs aren't good, it is kind of dead. So I don't expect it to be the hottest of tickets uh, when, when, you know, there's 80-whatever-thousand capacity. Got it, got it. So you're going the under. I am, I am going the under on the largest uh, crowd to see a professional basketball game in the history of Planet Earth, yes. I'm going the over. Interesting. And let me, t- let me, let me tell you why, Okay, friend. please. I'm looking at the schedule. The Warriors get a few days off beforehand. They have a relatively soft start to the season. I think they roll into that game with one of the best records, maybe the best record in the West. I'm just looking at this. They may be 30 and five. That's that's a little bit. That's that's ambitious. 28 and seven. And then I think there's going to be a lot of, are they going back to back? Does Steph have a chance at number five? Does he have a chance of catching six? I think there's, a realistic chance based off of the winning the title last year, everyone coming back healthy. This probably is the deepest roster the Warriors have had in Steph's career. Not the best roster, but the deepest roster. I mean, they go, they go seven, they, they go very deep with high level players. I think there's a decent chance we get to that part of January and we get Warriors fever pitch 2.0. Remember in 2016 where it was like, Oh my God. Like what, you know, like people are showing up to watch Stefan warmups. I think we have potential for that again. And if that to be happens fair, again, though, they started 23 and Oh, that year, or was it 20? I think they lost 24, 24, 20, it was 24, 24 and, and then they yeah. lost in Milwaukee go 24 and one. Okay. But at this point, if the warriors are that hot, I think it's going to start making some noise. I think there's a chance at it. And as someone in the chat mentioned, if the tickets are a dollar. They'll get it filled. <laughs> I just I just went to a couple LA Sparks games and the tickets were literally two dollars and no one went. <sighs> it's a different pro- different this product. Though. You don't get to see Steph playing in, in a Sparks game, so I I understand the difference. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, look who look who we have checking in, checking in from the Uber. Andy, I, I, what's I up, buddy? Know, I don't know. I don't know how I sound. You gotta let me know how I sound. If it's bad, I uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be off. I don't want to ruin the show. You sound <laughs> like you're on a you sound like you're on a helicopter right now. So <laughs> this, nah, this is it, as good as it gets. I think this is. Why don't you give us this? We'll, we'll get you on for just one yeah. thing. Do you have yeah. one take? based on what you've seen on the schedule. Do you, last year you told us they're starting 9-1. and one. Do you have a yeah. take? I, so, okay. So I, I have one for you because I, I just listened to the last 10 minutes and I, I disagree with you. I actually think I actually don't think the Warriors are going to start off hot next season, um, regardless of the schedule. I did look at it. It looks fine. They do have 15 back-to-backs, which is tied for the highest. I'm not really sure why that's a thing. So I guess we're going to see a lot of Kaminga, maybe a lot of uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., but I, I do – I don't see, like, a 55-60 win season. Um, I think the Warriors – my take is that I think the Warriors are going to struggle in the regular season um, and not look as they did last season. And I think a lot of that is going to just be them giving minutes to guys like Kaminga and Moody uh, and, and a lot more – I mean, and Wiseman, right, and especially those three guys, uh, and kind of handing the reins a lot more over to Jordan Poole too. So I think you're right. I mean, the guys, they're deep, as deep as ever. They, they've got guys healthy back. But at the same time, it feels like the youth movement is going to cost the wins. It has to. There's just no way that these kids that are 20, 21 years old are going to win these games consistently. So I think it's going to be rough during the regular season a little bit. That's my take. I love it. I love the take. Here's let me. I, I'm, I'm going to let Andy go because he's he's in transit somewhere. And by the way, happy birthday, Andy. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Um, 
I think Jordan Poole's taking a step this year. That's my take. I think it's going to be uncomfortable because Jordan Poole's going to take a step and there's going to be real questions about what happens with him in the offseason because he's coming off the bench. He's clearly a starting guard in the league, like a high-end starting guard. That's where I think a lot of the wins are coming from. I I agree with Andy. The you know integrating some of the younger younger pieces will be clunky, but I think Poole takes a step. I think Dante Divincenzo is a perfect Warrior player. I think they have enough veteran guys. I think you're also going to get Clay an extra year off of his injury, wanting to prove a point. Steph, Steph, zero concerns about uh about his performance. I think that leads to them actually going the other way and the noise being how long can they keep it together? I suspect that the Warriors regular season is kind of similar to last season without the same hot start, but not quite as hot of a start where they come out decently prove they are who they are and kind of ramp it down to try to ramp it back up for the playoffs because there's proof of concept, right? There's, there's the proof that it works. The Warriors didn't take the regular season incredibly seriously for the entire regular season that last year. They proved to themselves that this is probably, as their best players are aging, this is probably the the smartest path to take to be the freshest you can be uh, in the playoffs. They were never really challenged in the playoffs. And so the, I think the proof of concept says, yeah, do this again. There is also the benefit of getting Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman um, more time and acclimated to try to have Joey Lightyear's plan of, you know, this going on in perpetuity. And I do, but I do agree with you that this is going to be a Jordan Poole season. Um, I suspect he'll score 20 a night, maybe even a little bit more than that because Jordan Poole is trying to show everybody that he deserves a max extension. And he is that guy. He's, he is I want to take your, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to throw some comps at you or leaving their rookie contract. Who's better, Jordan Poole or C.J. McCollum? Uh, At that very, stage of their yeah, career, very similar. I think they're they're very similar. Um, they're different players, but like in no, terms I mean of like impact, very, very impact similar. Level. Yeah, very similar levels because they're both guys that are um, all offensive play. I, you know what? I would say I would say Poole a little bit just because I think he has more athletic upside. So let's go. I would go Poole, but slightly. What about Poole versus someone like Jamal Murray? Hmm. Um, Murray, probably. He's proven more by Murray, then. If you take the bubble out of it, do you feel that way? No, but he was spectacular in the bubble. It's a different discussion. He was spectacular okay. in the bubble. And, I mean, look, Jordan had some good – said some good playoff games. But he was pretty inconsistent in the playoffs. He definitely had moments. He wasn't asked final. to be the lead guard the way Jamal Murray was. No, but so. Jamal, Jamal, Murray, Jamal Murray was – I mean, he had multiple 50-point playoff games. So, I'm going to give the slight edge to Murray. Okay. Do you think Poole can get to that level this year, though? Yes, I do. Um, maybe not so much as maybe not so much as a playmaker. He won't, he won't get the he won't get the opportunities just because he's the third guard. But yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I do think that yes. Uh, I, I think it is very likely 
that again, I, I just predicted he's going to score 20 or 22 points a night. Um, I think he is going to have some very, very explosive scoring nights where, you know, uh, 50, maybe not, but you're going to see some 35s some 40s, maybe some 45s from, from Jordan Poole. I, I think you see a handful of those games. One of the reasons I'm, I'm bullish on the Warriors having a better regular season than last year is because Poole is, I think he, he's officially, they can win five, over half their games when Steph sits, if they have Poole. That's never been a thing. Literally, that is correct. It is never. Will it be a thing this year on paper? It looks like it, but it has never been a thing. And that includes teams with Kevin Durant. It has never been a thing with with Steph sitting. So I kind of am in the I got to see it to believe it mode. But um, on paper, you're right. I just think it allows them to maybe sit Steph on a back to back against a Sacramento because, you know, like you can win with just pool as a lead guard. So I think that that bodes well. Um, last thing before we get to callers, if anyone wants to call in, of course. Um, is there a matchup you're most excited to see? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a cliche answer, but a ring night. I mean, it's, it's like there is no better show in the NBA than Steph versus LeBron. Obviously, both of them motivated. Some, the Lakers haven't won a season opener in a while. But there's also the often there's a ring night hangover. But there is no better rivalry in the NBA than Steph versus LeBron. So, yeah, that's what I'm most – it's a cliched answer, but that's most what I'm looking forward to. Um, I think that there are some of the ones, right? Like you always want to see KD uh, coming back to Oracle or, excuse me, coming back to Chase. Will he officially get his tribute video in front of fans? But who – but like, no, no. Well, yes, he will. Um, but who, like, but we don't, I don't know what that's going to look like, right? I don't know what, what, where is he going to be? And if he's in Brooklyn, is what does Brooklyn look like? So uh, is he going to sit out? All of that kind of thing. So that would be another one. And then, yeah, like, let's, let's run it back. All those Memphis, yes, but run it back with, with the Celtics. All that, all that mouth to running, you know, all that, oh, we beat ourselves. They couldn't, they didn't, we were the better team. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Yeah, Boston's talking a lot for a team who lost. Well, you and Andy, you and Andy, to... and and a bunch of the goons uh, talk about this on Twitter all the time. The uh, the Warriors <laughs> are they move oh, you know zero oh, and whatever right in hypothetical. In hypothetical. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's wild. They never want a hypothetical. Uh, there you go. It's but if, just... if one of my most looking forward to is uh, game one, Let, you know, LeBron versus Steph. Let line it up and do it. Do it for the 13th or 14th year in a row, whatever it is. Let's let's get it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nice. All right, Ebs. What's up? What's up, Sam? How are y'all? We're good. What do you got for us? So I've just been seeing a lot of talk about like the Timberwolves, Minnesota, like being a problem for the Warriors. But I honestly think like if we have quote unquote the death lineup out there, like I don't really think they have a chance with two two bigs on the floor at the same time against, you know, Poole who can slip in and out and in Steph running all around the court. I just don't think it'll work. So I'm really curious as to what that matchup is going to look like. What do y'all think? I love it. Thanks for the call, Ebs. I actually agree with you. I'm they're on my short list of teams I'm most excited to see just because it's different. Like, I don't know how it's going to look with Gobert. I thought they took a huge step last year. Gobert should make them better, but Gobert and Towns, it's kind of weird. Um, they actually did give the Warriors problems last year, but they gave the Warriors problems because they have just a ton of like 6'10 wings who could switch everything. Like the, the Vanderbilt, McDaniels, like, kind of raw offensive players can't really shoot, but they are really disruptive. Right. And then, and then, you know, Anthony Edwards is a superstar in the making and whatever you think of, of towns, he is really good. You know, like any criticism of towns is in context of the fact that you think he should be better. Not that he isn't really good. Um, I'm curious to see that matchup because it's just a clash of styles. I'm my, my hot take, Aaron, I want your, I want your thoughts on this. My hot take is Minnesota will be better than Memphis come playoff time. Mm, mm, um, actually, you know what? I got to fit that one out because I have no idea what we're getting from Jaron Jackson Jr. this season because uh, he's going to miss a bunch of time again. Um, but with uh, the T-Wolves, I'll give you my T-Wolves hot take. I think they are a top four seed in uh, the West, and I think they lose in the first round. I think they are they are going to be a damn good regular season team and they are not going to be a good playoff team. And the reason is kind of what, what you were just alluding to. Um, I'm fascinated by them. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, some people really like um, college football and don't like the NFL or vice versa. I, one of the things I really love about college football is the diversity of how teams play. And when you right. get to the NFL, it's more homogenous and everybody kind of does the same stuff for the most part. And the the Timberwolves, you know, zagging when everybody else is zigging kind of thing is fascinating to me. I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs, but I agree with you that it's fascinating. And one of the teams they are worst equipped to deal with is the Warriors. So I wouldn't have any fear about the Warriors. You know, look, in, in, in the regular season, whatever. But in the playoffs, Minnesota has no chance against the Warriors. Zero. Okay. Let's get to McWalters. McWalters, what up, bro? Yo, yo, what's up, guys? Just hanging in there. Nice, nice Wednesday. And I, you know, the things I'm looking forward to is the Memphis rematches. And the schedule's weird. Like, we play them on the road twice within 10 days. Like, that's super strange. Like, we're on the road, we're back, and then we're on the road again at Memphis. Like, it's like a super weird scheduling quirk where we see them twice at home before we even go there once. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to that, that March span where there's a whole bunch of road games for the Warriors before their schedule eases up again towards the end. 
the end of the season. Um, that and the only other thing I wanted to bring up was like, hey, I'll give you a pass on not knowing about the Metallica thing, but that was an epic concert. I was there. It was hands down. McLaughlin, hey, brother, I got to be honest with you. I know like eight songs by white people. So just the fact that uh, I could name Metallica, what do they got? Enter Sandman? That's that's their big song. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. The fact that you even knew will give you right. that. Right. So they got Enter Sandman with the San Francisco Symphony backing them up, huh? Uh, yeah, no no doubt. No doubt. I had a friend's. Um, my friend wasn't in it, but his wife was playing down there. So it was awesome to see her playing with uh, Metallica. It was phenomenal. I, got, so, I want to fire yeah. off of maybe I, am I the only one that doesn't like uh, Draymond and telling Ja to come over for dinner after Christmas and them like yucking it up together? Man, don't. They've been they've been talking a whole lot of mess and a whole lot of noise. I don't want you I mean, over for Christmas. He's got to fill his podcast with guests, fair, man. Fair enough. Fair. Oh, are we giving Christmas Christmas night jaw over at the house potting? That's what he said. Yeah, he said, hey, and Jaw said, I already told pops. Like, so I guess they're going to Draymond's house. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't need that either. I'm. I think I'm with Aaron on this one. Like, I don't. I don't need fake. Like, we hate each other stuff. But I don't. I don't need that. At least. Meet me somewhere in the middle. With that. I don't care. You can be friends or you can be, but let's have it one way or the other. Pick a side. McWalters, appreciate you. I think we're going to end it there. 45 minutes on the schedule is, is enough time. That's, I, I, you know, do we need to break down them going to the Wizards in mid-January? Probably not. Okay, right now. No. Uh, Aaron, appreciate you. Appreciate everyone tuned in. 